welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this bank holiday weekend, Saturday morning. And Pete is with us from Horkins. Good morning to you. Morning, Deirdre. How, how, are, you? how are things today? Very well now. Blustery and windy. And it is a bit, yeah. It has been one of those weeks, all right. Was, I can't remember, was it the tail end of a hurricane or a tropical storm or what we got? But uh, yeah, there's a lot of debris and bits of leaves down. You can really sort of sense the autumn moving into the winter a little bit, can't we? Yeah, trees and shrubs are getting a little bit of a hammering in the last few days but uh, still we have to get on with it and, and plan and uh, look forward to uh, to a good spring. And Absolutely and we're going to talk a little bit about trees <coughs> start to start off with today um, because I suppose now that they are starting to lose their leaves um, we thought yeah let, let's focus on those for all different types of situations. So you know often we get questions I suppose Pete that um, people have particular soil types or they have particular areas that they're looking to put in a trees and you're saying that this is a really good time if you were thinking of planting semi-mature trees. Yeah well I suppose uh, this time of year October right through to beginning of March really is I suppose nature's time to plant trees uh, really when the leaf falls off them and the sap uh, reduces and goes back into the, the roots of the plant um, <clears throat> and traditionally this is always the time when, when we'd lift trees that the nurseryman has grown out in the field and plant them. I suppose a lot of listeners, a lot of gardeners would be very familiar to containerized or potted trees when they come in when everything, when the good weather comes, mm. March, April, uh, and really at that stage, it's too late to go planting, as you said, the bigger tree, the semi-mature, or the slightly, not so much the semi-mature, the slightly larger tree for maybe I'll give you a ballpark, maybe money-wise, for yes. around the 50 maybe yeah. or 70 euros. If someone lost a tree uh, in the garden that just died, which can happen, and they just wanted to replace it, these are the months which, which is the time to do that. Um, and again, they're they're bare root. Or if a listener was thinking of planting a lot of trees, you know, for a screen or mm. putting in a, a corral of trees that they want a mixed bit of colour, what they can go for is what we call the bare root trees, and the, and they tend to work out very keen on the pocket as well. They're they're not. I'm not saying cheap would be the wrong yes, word to I use, know, but, but they're not quite as expensive no, no. as if you're getting them in a pot. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a great time to plant them, and, and a great variety of uh, stock and trees you will get at this time of year. And I suppose if you are planting, say, the, the bare root or the, the, it's kind of the ball root as such, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's two types, Deirdre. Yeah. I suppose the bare root is just dug from the ground and uh, they are just left with bare roots on them. The ball is, is totally different. That would be uh, more or less minded in the nursery. Right. It, it's it's uh, The spade would have been dug around the, the base of it and it creates a ball. And then when it's lifted, then there's a wire mesh put on it because it comes in all with, with it's nearly like a, as it is have, have been in a container. It comes with a root ball. So it is, they're slightly different and they would be a lot more expensive, the root balls. Right. The root balls you would see being planted in the next few months around towns. The councils would plant them on roadways or in towns just to enhance and put something mature in. And they're the trees I would be talking about if, you know, for a memorial tree or someone wanted to replace uh, an existing tree they had, you would be looking at the root ball or the, the root ball trees, mm, yes. Okay. Yes. And so the bare root ones then uh, are the ones that are available really at this time of the year, Yeah, is the it? bare root ones, I suppose, would be like the uh, containerized trees that you will get in the garden centres now. And they tend to be that little bit cheaper. 
Um, but if someone has a lot of trees to plant, now is a very good time to, to plant. And as I said, you get a very good variation, a great range of trees this time of year too as well. Okay, we're going to we're gonna pick your brain a little bit so on that front because, um, as I said, you know, we do get questions from time to time that people are maybe in a windy location or they have wet soil areas. So maybe let's take a few kind of locations and if people have um, a particular thing that they have going on in their own garden and you want, you, you're, you're really thinking about trees, um, you know, feel free to give us a, a call this morning on that. But, you know, let's take, I suppose, West of Ireland, lots of good heavy soil and spots. Um, we took, Let's take a wet patch first of all. Yeah, Aaron. well, that's, uh, of course, no tree or no plant likes to be sitting in water. Of course, no one does. And um, that, that's crucial. Like, if you dig your hole and there is water lodging there, it rules out a lot of trees. And there's a few trees that will do quite well in that area. Uh, willow would be a, a very good example the salix, the, the albatristus it's what we call the large willow listeners may, may be familiar of it it's grow, yellow uh, stems on it and nice lime green foliage that's a fantastic tree for a wet area and it's a great tree for absorbing and taking up the, the, the moisture the, the, you know, to help to free out the soil mm. as well uh, another very good tree for a wet condition would be one called the alder um, the alnus, so the ordinary common alder can be used, or there's a nice gold stemmed uh, aria, which is the the gold stemmed or the gold leafed uh, alder, and that's a particularly good tree too for a wet area. They would be the two I would recommend. Outside of that, you're very very limited. Okay. And um, as was just you you need to do something with the soil or, or to drain it, or particularly if you want to to look. Look for more than the more nicer trees, as I'd call them, the, the likes of the maples, which have the nice variegated foliage or the red foliage. So anything, and of course, they attract the eye when when the customer yes. or the gardener comes into the garden. Oh yeah, I like that, and that's the one I want. But you need to be very careful, and you need to pick the tree that suits your location. And I suppose the water is the the water table is the is the big problem with trees because okay. they don't like to be sitting in water and that can just rot a lot of trees and that's why you just see a lot of trees sitting in in lawns or in gardens and they're just not doing anything and they're struggling away there because uh, the, the and, they're, they, and they're struggling yeah yeah okay so uh, if you do have say that kind of that that wet patch and you you are determined to say put in the maple or the, one of the more colourful ones that are not quite as water resistant shall we say um, what kind of steps can, can people take to try and improve the situation with the soil? Well I suppose just a simple bit of drainage can be done that would be the first job to, to do mm. uh, you know a little bit of herring bone or a little bit of spaghetti drains just to, to place those in drain off the, the, the water where where the trees will be going to. The other thing will be to do is to plant a little bit more of the the willows and you can plant them as a smaller stage just to soak up and to absorb some of that moisture and water that's underneath. You can use cornice, the dogwood, which uh, the councils, you would see them being used a lot on the roadways. Right. And they could be great plants just to give you, and they come with the red and the yellow stems so they can absorb and take up water. But uh, as I said, the water is the, is the critical factor and they don't like to be sitting in that um, so once you get that get that problem solved, solved, the world is your oyster. There's there's loads of trees you can plant then. Okay, so uh, an example of a situation where we have a good well drained uh, space and we would like some colourful trees. What, yeah. what would be well, options I suppose there? First of all, just w- with that, then is just the preparation of that. Then when you're getting ready for to plant a tree, and really is to make a nice bed. 
uh, whether it be Beirut or whether it be containerized, you need to dig a hole roughly twice the size of the pot or the Beirut it comes in and just to loosen up all that soil and make sure there's a nice bed there for the tree that it sits into. Uh, secondly, just to get a, an organic or a compost or a Pro 6, a fertiliser, and just to mix that with the soil. Uh, that's crucial as well, just to get it so it, it takes off quite quickly. And, and bone meal can be a very good, or fish blood and bone, uh, particularly for bare root trees, which just to get the young roots growing and start to move, uh, compared to a containerized tree where you have the root ball already, it's existing there. The bare root ones just need an extra little bit of a hand. So a little bit of bone meal can be a good idea just to help them along. Um, and next uh, would be the staking would be most important too with trees and particularly your point here with the west of Ireland mm. and with the wind we have that's crucial as well uh, crucial at a stake and you only need a stake that's maybe three or four feet in height you don't need the stake going up to the, to the size the, yeah. of the tree or anything like that right. it's really just to protect the wind rock so the uh, the tree can just settle in and the roots can get going so that's critical as well and I suppose most important would be the planting of the actual tree and when you buy a tree in the, in the garden centre in a container, you always should plant it at that depth. Don't plant it any any deeper. Right. Uh, some people like to plant it deeper because the tend it it helps and it anchors the tree like a stake and they pack the soil around it. And so people feel that you know the tree is going to be there for a very long time. I must make sure yeah, that it's well yeah, down. Yeah. And then yeah. the danger with that is that you put soil up along the stem of that, and then that that tends to rot the the stem. So it must be planted at the depth that the container is in or where the bare root one is taken out from the ground you'll always see the little nursery mark on it the soil mark so it should be planted no deeper than that right and that would be important as well great talking about trees um, I suppose for leaf colour the best leaf colour trees you will get I suppose you have spring colour and you have autumn colour right because that's interesting to think about because I suppose when we think of trees we do usually think of trees in the autumn and the turning of the leaves and how that brings in I suppose colour later in the year where you know the flowers and all of the other colourful planting has kind of maybe died back a bit but so spring is also a time that we well spring is a great time uh, particularly for probably two of the most popular trees that would be uh, plant it would be one called Ace or Crimson King uh, listen, listeners will be very familiar with that it's a maple type it's probably a leaf the size of your hand a lovely dillisk or purple leaf on oh, it yeah. and spectacular in early spring uh, as the season goes along they obviously the, the leaf just weathers and the wind gets at it and it you know it deteriorates a little bit and it loses its colour and then you have the autumn flush then it comes and you get a great bit of autumn colour in it you can see all maples at the moment the fantastic autumn colour another one would be the Acer Drummondii which is a variegated leaf a green and a white leaf and again for spring the, it's fantastic beautiful colour on it and a huge leaf on it as well a great canopy of foliage and again it, like the Crimson King, the, the, the colour of the leaf just changes as the weather hits it to, through the summertime as well and, and coming into the autumn. But then you have the the second flush then with the autumn colour on that. So you have another change of colour then, if you like, for the autumn as well. OK, so the, those those particular trees are covering really both sides, are, spring and autumn. You know, if the, if the listener, if, the, if you want a bit of leaf colour, they're, they're two particularly good ones. And in terms of speed of growth and all that kind of thing, because, you know, sometimes people want things uh, to be maybe for coverage and, then the, you know, things like that, that they need a, a lot of quick growth. Are they reasonably fast growing yeah, yeah, or... 
would. Is, or is patience required? There would be, there would be yeah. a reason. There are trees too that like to be, they're more or less specimens. They like to be on their own. Uh, some people like to plant trees in crowds of groups, maybe of mm. fives or odd numbers, where some trees are a little bit more, they're better for that. But these maples tend to be on their own. They're very eye-catching, they're very specimen-looking plants. So 10 or 12 years down the road, yeah, you know I was right to put that in because right. that's, that's a feature yeah. and it looks really well. And they're great because they never... Uh, some trees, you know, colourful trees can die off. Uh, some sorbus, some of the sorbus aria, the white beam, or there's a great tree for leaf colour that was planted numbers of years ago and, and still is probably planted, it's the variegated poplar. But it can develop canker and a few diseases like that. So it wouldn't be really recommended. Where the maples, they're there for good, you know, and they're, 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 they're great for leaf colour. Okay. And then um, trees with flowers, is that, that's also an option, I suppose. It is. And the, I suppose the first one that springs to mind, of course, would be the flowering cherries. And, you know, some people love them and some people just don't like them because they just don't last too long. Well, yeah, they they know. are spectacular when they're there. But, but when they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're short. Oh, they are short-lived. Yeah, yeah. And particularly when we get a nice, you know, a nice calm spring and you get a bit of longevity out of the flowers, they're particularly nice. And I suppose the most common one planted would be the, the Prunus canzon, which is the the great uh, it's the great pink cherry or it's the large flower and pink cherry huge double blooms on it and again of course cherries too have great autumn colour in their in their foliage as well in the now the last few weeks they have spectacular uh, nice autumn colour too but for flower wise it's hard to beat them and of course the, the white cherry and not planted uh, as, as much as the, yes. the pink one is the taihaku the call of the great white cherry that's a fantastic tree doesn't get quite as big in height wise as the kanzan but uh, very good for, for flower as well and then in the the next best cherry would be one called Sherite, which is what we call the flat top cherry so for a smaller garden or a townhouse this is a very good tree because it only gets to a height of about maybe seven feet but it has a lovely flat top on it it arches out so it's a semi mature semi maybe weeping tree yes you know not quite weeping but a little bit of weeping on it as well and they call it the flat top cherry uh, in Castle Bar, there's a few of them planted at the church there and of course when they're out in flower they're stunning they're spectacular they're yeah. really nice yeah. yeah and I always think I have to say I am fond of the cherries because um, when they do come out you know in April or whenever it, it really does kind of signal well summer is almost here and this yeah. is kind of the first flush of all of yeah. that and yeah. it, it kind of just gives you a little bit of a lift oh, I think that's it and yeah. of course you have all the mountain mountain uh, ash range the rowan trees the Sorbus is the botanical name for them, for them. And probably two of the best would be Joseph Rock and Chemixtia. Joseph Rock, uh, covered in white flowers again for spring. Uh, fantastic foliage and, and great autumn foliage as well. You get beautiful, uh, and of course you have the, the yellow berries with it as well. Mm. So that ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, and they're great trees. And they're particularly good trees for windy or, you know, areas where there's a bit of, even a coastal areas where there's a bit of sea breeze or a lot of wind. The sorbers tend to be very good for that as well. The commixtia, of course, is the red buried or the red fruit. And they're spectacular at the moment. The amount of fruit on them yeah. this year is, is, is brilliant and they're looking really well. And as I said, they're brilliant for wind, great for wind. Okay, great. So lots of options there. Now, as I said, if we do have, uh, if you do have something in particular regarding trees this morning, uh, do text us in at 087 900 4141 or phone us on 0818 We're going to take a, a quick little break. Um, we have some questions to come to. And we're also maybe going to talk a little bit about climbers as well in a few minutes. Stay with us. 
You're very welcome back. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on the Saturday morning. And Pete, just we were going through some of the questions there, but just at the very end, Noreen um, from Akashla Noari Castlebar has sent in a lovely text because he had a kind of big event during the week. Um, I know it's a bit, maybe a little bit early to mention the C word as in Christmas, um, but you had, she says you had a beautiful, thir- uh, the garden centre looked beautiful on Thursday night with all the glitter and glow. Everything was displayed really artistically. Her friend and herself enjoyed looking around and the Christmas tree dressing was excellent. So well done to all. Yeah, we had a great night Thursday night. Uh, Brenda and Vanessa, we had a couple of uh, dem- demonstrations and the Christmas tree demonstration went down very well. It's simply done. The girls just, you know, they do a super job mm. and all the new stock is in and uh, they displayed it very well and they made it look so, so easy. Easy, yeah. And of course, the customers were just picking up the little bits and pieces that they, they were using. And it was so easy with the ribbon and the way they'd done it and so different than your normal, you know, your normal tree trim or your normal tree decks. Yes. Just the ideas they have and the pick up, it's, it, it was very good. Okay, and is the tree still on display then? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Okay, yeah. So people we want had Stella, to... Stella, which is a new a new lady that joined us there a month ago and displaying her own new range of, of clothes. Of and I know she got a great response. Great. And so, Rachel, uh, we had Rachel then, our new girl that... Uh, done all our planted containers on the night and that went down went down a bomb okay, as well, well too. Obviously people uh, very much appreciated it taking the time to text us in this morning and no doubt there'll be other events uh, coming your way before too long and we'll be reminding people of that. We're, we're talking about trees uh, first of all this morning Pete. Um, now we did touch on leaf colour but of course bark is also another element of the tree that can provide different kinds of colour. There is yeah the, the, there's so many of them I suppose uh, one of the best of them would be the Betula Jackmontii which we call the, the paper bar, uh, birch. Uh, of course, it goes, the, the bark just turns pure white and it peels. It, it gives that effect that it's peeling off the tree as well. And that's particularly nice. And of course, it's lovely for the wintertime when all the foliage goes. And you say, well, you know, and the customer, well, does that lose its leaves? Well, yes, it does, but it looks even better for the wintertime because you're just looking at this snow white bark on it. And of course, lovely wrapped or draped with maybe some uh, wind, uh, lights, LED lights, when you wrap them around it and you get the, the glitter of the lights off, off the white of the bark, it tends to look very well. Okay, so if people are looking for maybe an outdoor yeah. uh, element. And of course you have the Acer Grisium, we call it, and it's the snake bark maple. And true to its name, it's beautiful. Uh, I was looking at one there the last day. Uh, an uncle of mine, Sean, has one in the back garden and it's a fantastic tree. Beautiful bark, lines like a snake's Scared. back that right. go up on it. And... You know, some of the cherries, there's a particular type of cherry, the name the, the, the name just can't come to me at the moment of the variety, Suriolata, something. But again, it's it's a dark, it's mahogany colour bark and peels again. So bark colour, yes, most important and, and well worth asking and finding out about because there's some beautiful trees there. Okay, uh, just before we go to, to some of the questions that have come in, and there's quite a few tree questions there, um, you were mentioning as well, of course, the spectacular liquid amber at the moment. That's oh, yeah. another yeah, one for yeah. the colour. Yeah, and great for um, for uh, stem, you know, and for bark colour as well. A great tree, beautiful at the moment, uh, scarlet red, uh, foliage on it at the moment fire red at the moment actually it's as good as a Virginia creeper and really stands out and it tends to liquid amber tends to hold the leaf that little bit longer in the autumn time than some of the other trees so it's it's looking really good at the moment the, I suppose the downside of that it comes into leaf a lot later right. in spring 
but really you're you're getting your your, your the, the the back of that on the the autumn foliage now as well, and a great time to plant them now too at the moment. Now, uh, a listener is wondering what kind of tree would suit for the middle of a lawn. It's near the sea in the Ballycroy area. Yeah, well, really, you're limited, and any of the sorbus, the one I mentioned, Joseph Rock or Camixtia, would be two very good ones. Of course, they and it, both of those trees will flower. They both have quite nice foliage, um, very good autumn colour, and they both have the berries as well. Joseph Rock has the yellow berries, Camixtia has the red berries, and they will be two good trees. The other option would be an alder, but it wouldn't look that ornamental in the middle of a lawn. Mm. It probably just would, it wouldn't look the part really, more for a bit of shelter around the boundaries. But if it's for the centre of a lawn, I'd recommend the, uh, the the Sorbus or the Mountain Ash would be the common name. Maybe a little bit of shelter just for the first year or so, just on the prevailing wind or the windward side, just with a bit of green windbreak, just to protect it. Right. But once it gets, once it settles in and takes off, it, it would look the part and it would look wild. Sounds lovely. Now, a couple of apple tree questions as well. Um, somebody has three apple trees in big pots. Uh, they're wondering when can they take them out? And then somebody else is wondering how far apart should you plant apple trees? Yeah, well, it depends on the type of apple tree, I suppose. Uh, if they're your normal, regular uh, Set what we call on a semi-dwarf rootstock or really to make it easy just the normal regular apple trees that you buy in the shop they tend to be planted maybe 12 to 15 feet apart uh, if they're the smaller the cornets or the dwarf varieties they can be planted maybe 6 to 8 feet apart so just depending on the variety the rule of thumb really anything between 10 or 12 feet is fine uh, the container question yeah it's a good time you can take them out of the containers now if they have been in the containers for a number of years they may have just uh, have a bit of a root ball on them or mm. they may have got a bit compound or root bound is what we call it in the in the trade. And it would be a good idea just to get a knife before you plant it and just to slice the root ball and, and to tease it out and thin it out a little bit just to get the roots activating and get them to, to move a lot quicker. And of course, a little bit of uh, fish blood and bone or a little bit of Pro 6 would be well worth putting in as well at, at this particular particular time in place as well too to to put that into the soil okay so it gets a, a little bit of nutrition as it needs it um now um also we've got a question regarding hedging and uh, bare root hedging so what is the best bare root hedging again wet soil and a windy area says anthony well again i mentioned the two earlier on and the trees and of course these are the same you just buy them in a smaller size and they're the alders and the willow and they can be planted in the next three weeks. They will be available. You buy them as what we call whips, young plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, tend to be cheap enough, 60, 70 cent each. And some people put them in in staggered rows, the plant two and then the plant one in between that. Right. So really maybe three or four plants per yard and alders or willows. And you can mix them if you wish. You could also mix them with a little bit of the... Uh, the sorbus, the rowan trees, put a few of them in. Or something like the spindle bush, euonymus, uh, a lattice would be quite nice. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff you could put in and just a ni- make a nice, create a nice mixture, a nice hedgerow, a nice old fashioned hedgerow. Right. Even a little bit of white thorn you could put into it as well, too. So you can have, yeah, so you could have a really uh, creative mix yeah, there. But if it's very wet, yeah. stick to the willow and the alder. Okay. Great. Um, and can you recommend an evergreen tree fairly high to shelter an area? Ooh, um, 
it depends really I suppose the laurels would be the best they may not be classed as a tree yeah but uh, as an evergreen plant for shelter they would be one of the better ones um if uh, it's it's a tricky one really I would recommend probably the hardy laurel um that would be the best. best. That's probably the, in an evergreen. Right. You can use maybe a conifer, something yes. like a Thuy, a Brant. But if you, I suppose, yeah, you, we were trying to think of maybe something that isn't in the conifer. Yeah. Conifers, yeah. yeah. Um, and a tree, like there's no real, you know, I suppose a lot of the trees are deciduous. Um, but I think a laurel or something okay. like that would be would be the best option for that. Great, great, okay. Now, let's talk about climbers for uh, a few minutes as well. And I see one or two questions even on climbers there. Um, because that also, climbers are very much, the leaf colour is there um, from the ivies and, and, and all of that at the minute. Yeah, no more than the trees, I suppose. It's just thinking about the climbers and the location where you're putting them. Um, there are there's some great, great climbers at the moment. Uh, the one, I suppose, in particular that's standing out in the last couple of weeks would be the Virginia Creeper. They, and the best variety of that is one called Green Spring. Again, it's going back like the maples. Green Spring is the best variety. Why I say that is because it's a huge leaf and it's the best red. It turns the vibrant, the colour in it is very good. So that's one to watch out for. Um, the planting of climbers is, is something... It, that just needs a little bit of time and a little bit of prep as well. Okay. Um, obviously, you're planting them, you know, in the foundation or up against a house or maybe a shed or and the soil may not be that good. So soil prep is very important. And in cases, you should be taking out some of the soil that you're, you're digging down through and replacing that or replenishing that with a good topsoil. That's probably the most important step. The next step will be just figuring out how many you need and most climbers, we'd always, as a rule of thumb, we space them every five feet. So it's just to figure that out as well, to give them that little bit of space, the knee that. Um, the next thing will be the actual planting of them. And no more than the trees, they should never be planted any deeper than you plant than you get them in the pots that, that you, you buy. And I suppose training of climbers is very important. A lot of people plant climbers and they get them in a stem, as, as I have one here. Yeah, because uh, we, we do have some plants in studio this morning. Yep. And, and they're just planted like that. Right. And what happens, they leave the, the sticks on it and they leave the plant up against the wall like this because it looks well and it looks tall. And what happens with that is you get a fan shape. So you get no coverage at the base of the ground. Okay, because it's really growing upwards Because it's just growing upwards and it just grows up in a fan shape. So you're not getting coverage at the base of the ground where you need it. So the canes should be taken out and the plant should be all brought down and tacked right to the base of the wall, nearly touching the soil is fine. Right. It won't rot it or anything like that. And that's the way you plant a climber. And get a few little cable clips, the steel nails the electricians use, and just tack them onto the wall just to hold it in place until it takes... It's 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 its own uh, stage then, and it'll uh, hang on and cling on. It produces little tendrils, ivies. Virginia creeper produces them as well, and they just stick on to the the wall themselves. Okay, so that that's a good tip because I suppose I'd say most people are guilty of leaving the the bamboo just sticks, leaving the bamboo yeah, sticks and planting um, them like that. Yeah, okay. and of um, course the ivies are great for for leaf color. And some of the ivies, uh, there's one called Glory de Marengo, and that's a variegated ivy it's a particularly good ivy because it never reverts it never goes back into the old the green ivy it always holds true to its color which is a lovely green and yellow leaf and it's a big leaf a large leafed gold child is another it's a smaller leaf that's the one i was just showing you there okay. Dur Dur yeah. that's a very good ivy 
they'll be the two best ivies if 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 the listener is uh, looking for an ivy. And are do ivies kind of suit nearly all soil conditions once you have the bit of topsoil in? Or they do yeah yeah. yeah. They don't, again, any of the climbers don't like to be sitting in water, so that's most important with them. And of course, if a huge array of flowering climbers, and probably the best will be the flowering clematis, and you get spring flowering clematis, and you get summer flowering clematis. Now would be a very good time to tidy up and prune and look after your clematis, particularly all the summer flowering clematis. Trim them and, and trim them right to the ground. Trim all the old wood off them. The likes of your Montanas that I, I, listeners would be familiar with, they flower normally in April, mar- late March, mm-hmm. early April. They really need pruning just after flowering. So as I said on last week's programme, as a rule of thumb, just when they go out of flower or the season is out of flower, uh, out, prune them then. Back, right. And of course, the honeysuckles are fantastic for seaside or coastal areas. And they have Great that wonderful wind. and the wonderful scent then to go fragrant. along with it. Yeah. 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 Great. Okay, we're, we're going to take another quick little break. We still have a good few questions there. And uh, we're also going to talk about maybe for those of you who have noticed the gardens looking a little bit sad and maybe pots a little bit sad over the last couple of weeks, we have a few options in studio uh, to maybe just replace uh, some of those plants and to maintain a bit of uh, growth and colour over the next couple of months. So stay with us. Lots of uh, interest in trees altogether this morning. Um, somebody suggests for something different, people should plant a maidenhair tree, uh, that it's a great specimen and leaf-shaped. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, I suppose, it's a tree and it's classed as a conifer. It's the ginkgo, ginkgo b- b- biloba. And um, it is, it's a, it's a beautiful, lovely shape to it, very architectural. Uh, lovely leaves, as the listener said, she yeah. had the maidenhair type leaf. Uh, lovely autumn colour. It's a yellowish orange leaf on it and it's something different. It's totally different. I right. suppose it's just one of these, wow, yeah, when you walk into the garden and it's a specimen, what's that? Or it will catch the eye. And, and uh, do they grow well? They grow well in Ireland, do they? Yeah, they grow well. They're not very commonly um, planted. Um, probably something that you just need to order, uh, but no problem getting them. And uh, it's just, as I said, and I like that, it's just something different. It's getting away from your, your norm your 80 20 or what we call you know the most popular stuff mm. and that's different that's nice okay and it, it fitting into that there's probably a few different trees as well that people should look for or, or you know if you are thinking of a specimen like that one is called cornus kusa which is another japanese cornus it's totally different to your ordinary cornice, what we call the dogwood. Right. Beautiful flowers in spring, white flower and foliage. And again, fantastic autumn colour. I was looking at one there too last week. We have one planted on the way into the centre in the pool area. And it's really, really, really nice. And of course, another good one uh, listeners would be familiar with would be the wedding cake tree. Indeed. Cornus controversia of Arigata, which is a great tree as well. A- as a specimen planted on its own. And of course, there's a number of maples the red maples or the orange maples, they're great for autumn colour and they're great for spring colour as well. And the one, uh, another one I just mentioned while I'm on it here is one called Parotia persica. Again, a bit like the ginkgo can be ordered in, but a really good tree as well and fantastic autumn colour. We we have two of them in the car park at the moment in turn as well with the liquid ambers and they're really looking well too. Okay, people spoiled for choice I think with options there. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, roses for just a second. Uh, Doreen has a question regarding shrub roses. She's wondering, Pete, can I trim them back now? Um, some of them have rose hips. Yeah, and by all means, if, if you want to leave and l- enjoy your hips for another couple of weeks, do so and prune them then. There's no pro- problem. 
Uh, but from any time now up to mid-February, they can be pruned back. It's a good idea to prune them back now to protect from a little bit of wind rock and maybe give them their final haircut then around the middle of February is fine. Lovely. Um, a couple of questions on hydrangeas as well. Um, Marion in Westport asks, can you prune a climbing hydrangea? It flowered this year for the first time in 10 years. It's probably gone a little bit late for pruning right. it now, Marion. Uh, ideally, you would have taken off the old flowers when they went out of flower several months ago. Uh, I suppose the reason that flowered this year too was just on the back of two very good summers. Climbing hydrangeas tend to need a, a bit of space in the ground and they put a lot of focus and a lot of energy into producing growth for the first number of years. And then when we get some good summers, the flower, and it's spectacular. It's, it's a great climber. It's one of the best flowering climbers. And it's probably the best flowering climber for a north-facing wall. It, it doesn't need sun. It's great for that. And of course, lovely foliage in spring. But pruning-wise, I'd leave now till next year and let it flower again and trim it then. You could, if you just wanted to tidy it up, take, you know, thin it out a little bit if there was a little bit of dead wood in it, just to tidy it back. You could do that with it. But as regard as giving it a good haircut, I'd leave it really. Perfect. Um, now, Carol wonders, can you tell her why are the leaves of the plant Sundance turning a beige colour? It's just a little bit of windburn, really. It's a, it's a bit of weather damage on it. It's a good idea, Carl, just to give it a little haircut now, just a light little pruning. And uh, come next spring, give it a little feed as well. A little bit of Pro 6 around the base will work wonders for it. And a little trimming then as well, too, in spring. And it'll be off again. But that's, that's really just down to weather. Okay. Um, now, somebody is repotting bulbs that have been in containers for four years. They're wondering, should they pull off the long, white, stringy roots that are attached to the bulbs? Yeah, they're just probably old tendril roots. They're they're fine and that'll encourage young fibrous roots to come out. So I wouldn't have any problem there. I'd have probably done the exact same thing myself. Okay, they they, they then say they hope the answer is yes because they've yeah. done it already. <laughs> okay, you, it's okay. You've done the right thing. Um, now, uh, a shamrock plant. I know this isn't exactly the time of year for shamrock plants, um, but people are thinking ahead. They want to know what do you find? Uh, what do you feed a shamrock plant, and where should you keep it in the house? Yeah, well, really it doesn't require any food at this time of year. Of course, shamrock will grow quite well on mm. impoverished or poor soil. The key thing would be to keep it indoors, okay, just to get a nice fresh foliage for next year, but to keep it in a very cool, even where there's a little bit of a draft coming through. Uh, you know, a conservatory that's not heated or somewhere like that, maybe beside a window where there's a little bit of air coming through or a little bit of cold chill coming. And that would, it would do quite well there. That's the place to keep it. Not to overwater it, just keep it nice and moist. Feeding wise, I wouldn't worry about feed. Start feeding next March, maybe. You know, once after Paddy's Day, once it's gone out, it'll, it'll do its it'll own do. thing. It'll be fine. Perfect. Um, now, somebody has geraniums in pots outside. They're wondering, do they need to change compost before bringing them into the house? They're a little bit afraid of slugs and insects coming in. Yeah, if they're, if they're worried about them, they should. To, you know, the, the, the soil will be impoverished with the, with the great year and the growing year we had for geraniums and all the flowers that were on them. Take them up, shake off all the, the excess soil completely and just repot them with, with new fresh compost. Uh, that's the best thing to do. Okay. Um, a listener has a camellia two years old that has never flowered, but there are buds on it now. It's in a container outside. So should they take it indoors? No, I wouldn't take it indoors. And, you know, I suppose it's a bit like the hydrangea. Camellias too can sit there for a number of years, just put their focus and their energy onto uh, 
producing uh, growth and now it comes to a stage where it's it's stopped doing that and it's 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 looking looking at the flowers as the next stage of its life it's a good idea to give it a little bit of feed now yeah uh, and the feed will be the ericaceous feed just granulars and you just shake that at the base of the pot if they're worried about the weather as i said last week with the little fleece jacket get your fleece jacket you know you'll buy one for three or four euros and put that around your maple for the winter period and particularly for the buds and not so much time um, frost this time of year really when the buds start to open in spring you get the late frost and that can do most damage right. you know in March or April those spring frosts they can do the danger so that's the time to watch out for frost with comedians not this time of year but buy a little fleece jacket and that'll, that'll do it that'll for you sort things out great um, now a listener has set uh, IV three years but it doesn't seem to be growing very well and they're also wondering do they prune honeysuckle now yeah well uh, the, the ivy you know it just could be the soil it may be a good idea to lift it this time of year is a good time to lift it you know, doctor the soil up a little bit, add in a bit of topsoil, add in a bit of compost. It could be just sitting there. As I said earlier on, soil preparation is key with climbers. It could be just sitting in a bit of gravel. So that's important to, to dig out that mm. and to add in a bit of decent topsoil, a bit of compost, a bit of fertiliser. And you can do that now. You can lift up your plant without doing any harm to it because it, it's not producing any new growth or anything like that so now is the time to move it and shake it up and give it a bit of life regardless pruning the honeysuckle perfect time for doing it and trim it hard back you know quite vigor, you know tight onto mm. the trellis or onto the wall or the frame it's on and now is the time to do that lovely um, somebody has a two lavateria and they'd like to move them there's still a few flowers on them at the moment can they can they do that now or should they leave no, it no I'd leave it till about longer. maybe the end of November if the plant and this year is it's a little bit funny it's just that it's it's you know, I suppose even lifting of bare root trees or anything like that, it's it's just probably a bit two weeks or three weeks later than normal. So leave it till about the end of November and by all means do it then. Prune it back before you, you uh, lift it just to make it easier for yourself to to make an easier lift on it. They could, if they wanted to get it prepared for the lift, they could just out around the perimeter of the plant, they could put the spade down and just give it a little bit, a bit of prep work before they lift it and then lift it in the end of November. Okay, and you did mention the wedding cake tree there a little bit earlier. Somebody's wondering, can they move an eight-year-old wedding cake tree? Eight-year-old. Yeah. Should be. Um, it's. I'd only move it if you really had to. Right. You know, if you're moving house and if, if you, or if you could uh, prepare it for a lift, you could, you know, as I said, you could get a spade and come out maybe four or five feet from it and dig a ring around and do the same in spring and lift it maybe next November, not this November coming. Um, I'd only lift it if if you had to leave it, you know, if you're taking a chance, if you're okay. moving house. If you can leave it for another year and just prepare it for that lift, well and good. But, right. but if it's a, a case that you are moving that, out and you want to bring it with you, yeah, it's worth a 50-50. Right, but you're taking a little bit of a chance on it. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, before we finish up, you have brought in a little bit of some planting ideas, I suppose, if people have areas in the garden that are looking a bit needy and um, some options for people. So maybe talk us through some of those. Yeah, well, I suppose just for, um, I suppose, leaf colour again, mm. and I, I suppose the conifers and the heathers are coming back uh, in the last couple of years. And I suppose the reason really is with frost and with hard weather, they're very good for that. They're, of course, they're more they're really associated with Europe and uh, Germany and places like that. Colder get, climates in the know, winter, colder yeah. Colder climates, and 
one particular one there called Blue Star, which is a great little plant, grey conifer, gets to about two feet, three feet in width, maybe four feet in width. You know, you can plant them in groups and beautiful with, with some of the heathers. The, the heathers are looking fantastic this year. They are year. indeed, yeah. There's one called Kramer's Red. I think we also spoke about that one last week. Uh, white Perfection. So conifers and the heathers, you know, if anyone is thinking of putting in a little shrub bed, I think it's it's time to, to look back and, and go back into them. Great value and uh, colour all year round, which, which, is, which is important and great for frost, great for weather. Okay. And uh, of course, the heathers come in all various different types of colours and it's a great time to plant them, particularly all these Erica varieties. You know, as we said before, the Ericas tolerate lime. So they'll tolerate any soil, really. You don't need the peaty soil. Yes. And the flower, start flowering now. And this particular Kramer's red, it'll stay in flower up to about the first week or second week in March. Okay. And then you can plant something like Merchant Ruby, which doesn't flower till January, but stays in flower then till near the end of April. So you get a long, continuous. And if you plan them out and pick the right ones, you have a huge amount of colour for a long period of time. time. Right, when, when when there's nothing else really yeah. happening. And of course the grasses. Yes, you know, you have a, you know, there's a lovely grass there. It's a lovely one. Yep. It's called Everest, Kyrex Everest. And that's great in a pot container, lovely for Christmas now. Um, you know, even with uh, plant that and have a little bit of light, you know, a little bit of LED around it or that, just to give you that bit of colour. It glistens off the off the foliage, the that foliage. beautiful foliage. And will that grow big now, Pete? Or no, no, they, they, they're quite Everest. They'll only get to about, about two feet in height. Right. But a lovely canopy spread out to about three or four feet. Very architectural looking. They're very, you know, very stunning in a container. In a glazed pot, really looks well. Great for Christmas, great for all year round. And of course, great for spring again, yes. once the young growth comes onto it. Okay. It's great. And they come in different colours too, golds and yellows. So the grasses are certainly one to watch out for. And, and t- talk to us about this one here. The, the, I think this is kind of a new one on me, no surprise. Well, yeah, well, that's a heucra. You probably have seen the, the purple form. That's just, uh, I don't know what you just call it. I think it's called orange flame would be, right. would be a variety. There's another, that particular one actually is called marmalade. So, you know, you, you can see the resemblance with the with the, the colour in it, the, hence the name. Uh, lovely foliage on it. Yeah, and lots of you it. Know, and lots of it, yeah. And it stays like that right through the winter time. So great for a container again. You know, um, great for, I suppose, with November, great for graves or anything like that if you want a little bit of colour just to, to decorate the grave. And uh, great for shrub borders. And they come in different colours. They come in purples and yellows. But that marmalade, it gives you that autumnal or a nice winter look to them. Yeah, it kind of has, it, it kind of, it's kind of quite green on one side of the leaf. And then yeah, it's, it has it's kind of a, almost a rhubarb type thing going on underneath. So, yeah. um, and it, 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 there's a lot of foliage on it. So it does give quite a lift. Um, and in terms of size, etc., with that, how, how big about would that About two grow? feet yeah. and about three feet in width. And if they're planted out in a shrub border, they can be planted in groups, planted in threes or fives, just to get that effect that you've one overall plant then. Or in a container, just put them in on their own, mixed with a bit of grass, or mixed, you know, and pop in a few spring flowering bulbs as well, tete tete, or a little tulip for the spring can look very well. Okay, just a, a few of uh, the options this morning. We're going to have to leave it there. Time is uh, caught up with us. Pete, thanks very much indeed for all of the advice and information this morning. And I think we may have the final edition of uh, the gardening programme for the autumn winter series on the programme our next 
Saturday just after nine. That's my lot though for the moment. Michael Neary is up after the news at 10, which is on the way next with Angelina Nugent. Until next Saturday, just after seven from me, Deirdre Kelly. Have yourselves a great weekend. Good morning to you. Thank you.